0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We have an incredible conversation today with a lady who is one of the producers of the same room. She also has her own pod where she's on called In The Room. Without any further ado, welcome today's guest, Brenda Palmer. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for being here, sis. You're here. I'm here. Okay. Give people a little bit about your background before we get into the church story and the church hurt story. For folks who aren't familiar with you, give us a little bit of your background.
1: Yeah. So I'm Brenda Palmer. I'm originally from Chicago. Uh, I live right now in between LA and Chicago. Okay. And so that's by
0: vocation, by location. Bi- yeah. I
1: always say like by city because it ain't by coastal. Okay. Almost. <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the Midwest. Uh, yeah. So I do that. I, I'm a podcaster, a producer, and a preacher. So I am graced with the opportunity to travel around and preach the gospel. Um, I'm on a podcast called In The Room. I have my own podcast called Life in Perspective, which is just about journeying with Jesus and what that looks like. I host gatherings, pop-up gatherings across the country Mm -hmm. called Come Alive for people to encounter Jesus in an authentic way. Without the schedule I worked in production uh, In church For like 15 years I know okay. what it's like you. When you hit that wave And then it's like Oh we gotta wrap this up Cause mm-hmm. we gotta go And so I do that um, Right now And then right now I'm just following God Doing whatever
0: Amen Amen uh, We met On a panel we just did mm-hmm. In LA With uh, the homie Ebenezer
1: Ebenezer
0: Which was a great event
1: Yeah Right fire. in downtown
0: LA And we were on a panel together And I heard a bit of your story And I was like Oh <laughs> We gotta get you on Yes And believe it or not uh, the minority of folks who are women that watch this channel, which is like twenty five percent, are like, "We need more women. <laughs> we need more women." And I am like, "All right, we're gonna get you more." Say, women. I met
1: one. Then. I it met a be- woman <laughs> who's a
0: podcaster. <laughs> well, to be fair, there aren't as many women podcasts that I am familiar with. Yeah. So when I meet them, I am like, "Yeah, For like sure. come on, like let's." I love the the different perspectives and uh, just. The insight that you're going to have that's probably going to be a little different than mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And we'll get into some of that stuff later that I think is extremely valuable. Mm -hmm. So um, how do you like working in on the same room? I mean, we've had Angelica call in. Yeah, yeah. It seems like God's doing just something so fascinating with her that I'm like, yo, like... To to have that sort of influence and platform and yeah. access, but at the same time to have a heart for Jesus as she's trying to figure it out. And that your guys' guests, like you guys had a fire chance to rapper interview. Yes. What's it like being a part of that whole process?
1: Man, it's amazing because it's gonna sound really crazy, but a lot of the things that happen on the same room are birthed in prayer. Mm. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Like we literally prayed the chance interview in, like we were on a prayer Come call on. week to week, and then they like connect somewhere else and he's yeah. like I've been looking for you and she's like I've been looking for you wow. and then he does the same room and one of our highest watched highest viewed videos is him talking about spiritual warfare on. which is crazy yeah. um and so yeah I love the same room even when we switched and had Ange become a host uh-huh. it was like a moment we're doing a show yeah. uh called empower her and it's like all women panel and Ange has this moment where she shares about her encounter with Jesus and literally the entire room freezes mm. like makeup artists everybody in the room not all believers mm-hmm. like are in tears mm. like the moment just shifts like you could just sense the presence of god on a set mm-hmm. of a talk show mm-hmm. so no i i love it i love that we're defying the fact that faith can only exist inside the four walls of the church mm. no it also can exist in culture mm. if you steward it properly
0: that's good it could also exist it could also exist in culture yeah. if we steward it properly for sure that's good i'm so glad you guys got a chance. He, he watch some of my videos, but he don't want to come on, on my platform. <laughs> I think You I, know, I, you know,
1: I understand that. I get it. I get it. I'm
0: not mad at it, but I was just humbled that he watched some of my stuff. Yeah. I was like, that's so cool. So I'm that's a that's a that's that's something I would love to sit down with him at some point too. I think that'd be great. But it was really cool to see that side of him. Yeah. He also showed that in his interview with Kirk, which I thought was, was cool to kind of see that side. And he's trying to figure it out, uh but that that's awesome. And then in terms of now um in the room. Uh huh and your stuff. Yeah. How is that different? Like how, how is the the topics and the flow of that different people okay. want to check you out?
1: Yeah. Okay. So for two things. So my podcast is called Life in Perspective, okay. which I started it during the pandemic, just mm-hmm. in my closet, mm-hmm. just processing the pandemic Mm -hmm. and kind of recognizing how the story that I'll share later today paralleled with how I was feeling in the pandemic just Mm. life just switched Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of how it started back in 2020 I'm on season three now and I'm having like guests with my friends and that's pretty different because it's just kind of like what I'm it started as like this is how I'm feeling today yeah. and this is what God is saying about it. Yeah. Hope it makes sense to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it,
1: it it's super relatable. I'm super authentic. Yeah. Like, I know sometimes believers like to patty cake and fluff sure. it up. Like, life is great. Sure. But sometimes it ain't. Yeah. And then In the Room was a complete uh, exciting, like accident mm-hmm. it started as an after show it's okay. like the producers uh-huh. the behind the scenes people were going to talk about the episodes yes. and it just turned into us having four friends having authentic conversations about life okay and how our faith applies to it
0: okay guys if you're here live do me a solid destroy and obliterate that like button that would really help us out all right let's get into your story and specifically your story with with church hurt What I appreciate about your story is it's a lot like my story. I Mm -hmm. uh, grew up in the Armenian Apostolic Church. I was an altar boy, and in that process, there were some older altar boys, some essay happened, and I had a lot of hostility towards God Mm -hmm. in a very, very serious way. But thankfully, in God's grace and God's providence, I ended up in a place where I love the local church. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm active. Uh, I want to do more, and it's been healthy for me and no church is perfect for sure but i think having relationships with pastors and remaining faithful it's been one of the best things for me in terms of growth in the lord and discipleship and so many good things about the local church that we don't talk about enough um and what i love about your story is that you didn't run you didn't you know you didn't uh okay i'm done with this christianity thing and you had you know when we get into it you had every reason to feel that way but you didn't and so take us back um in terms of set set the stage for us and 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 let's get into that
1: yeah okay so i'll i'll give like context in a sense of like i'm a pk both of my parents are pastors okay so for the most part i grew up in church Uh not always in relationship but i for sure grew up in church okay In like a lot of churches like i've been to a baptist church an apostolic church non-denominational churches i went to school at an ame church like Uh i have a lot of experience with different denominations i guess um This particular church I was attending for eight years. Mm. I was on staff for five. What Um, was your job on staff? So I I started off as a volunteer. I transitioned to like running social media. I went from social media to becoming a media associate. Then I was director of communications and creative. So I ran Mm. production. Um, My pastor at the time, he he had a lot of things moving, like writing a book. He Mm. had a group. Mm -hmm. So I handled creative for all of that. I traveled Mm. with them. Mm. Uh, I also was like... We some people would call an armor bearer. We called him. I was gonna say it sound
0: like he was an armor bearer. I was
1: for sure. Uh-huh. So I traveled with um, wow. his wife, who was also a pastor. I kept their boys. I had keys to their house. Holy moly. I was very like. They were. That's like my second family. I would. He. I would identify him as my spiritual father at the time. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you were really immersed for sure. And you were kind of a. It sounds like a Renaissance woman, jack of all trades. Yeah. of whatever need to get done. Yeah, we gonna they do it you up for sure. Wow.
1: Yeah. And it, it wasn't like a super small church, maybe no. like a mid sized church. Um. So yeah, and I feel like when you're young in your twenties, that's what you do when mm-hmm. you're on staff at church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. whatever, whatever.
0: God, well, I, would, I don't know how if you feel this way, but I would say my experience of working at a church, I, I worked two years at my church uh, before I transitioned into doing music full time in 2015. And I would say a lot of what I did may have not directly translated to music, but mm-hmm. it definitely translated into what I'm doing now. Oh,
1: for sure. So
0: in terms of working at a church, I mean... It's like the it's like the best boot camp. It
1: is the best. If you want to do anything, entertainment
0: <laughs> That sounds <laughs> I, funny to say out loud. It sounds you funny hear? to say it, yeah. out loud. Like
1: you should start at church. M- media. But anything media, in media. Yeah, yeah. Anything in media yeah. for sure because you learn everything. Like I my dad had a church. It was a storefront church. Mm-hmm. So I ran audio, which even mm-hmm. when, since I was like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And so I even wanted to go to school to like be an engineer originally. Wow. Like, like an, an audio, audio engineer. engineer. Wow. Yeah, because I did audio at my dad's church. Like okay. I loved it. I always loved music. Um, And so I feel like for sure, I think every skill I have came from that. Cause yeah. I, was I, like, I would agree. I would yeah. say the same for me. I was doing everything like book launches mm-hmm. and album release mm-hmm. and tours. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what is happening right now? But mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, some of the best years of my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, this is why I feel like people should serve. Absolutely. Like, go get, go get, go, go serve, get plugged in. It, you may not initially do what you want to do. Yeah. But you serve where you're needed and then serve where you want to serve. Yeah. And then eventually you develop this unicorn of a skill set that, Yes, you can go on staff at a church and learn even more, or you can go in the marketplace yeah. and and kind kill of, it and kill it because
1: you can do any. That's um, any media company, news outlet, TV yeah. set. If you have multiple skills, yes. if you can create and edit, yes, if you can be in front of the camera and behind yes. the camera, it sets you apart.
0: When did you discover? Uh, sorry to go sidetrack, but when did you discover that you had the ability to be in front of people? because i'm like i'm like listening to you and like you have a great radio voice right like you someone but my dentist told me that the other day i was getting clean she, you have a great radio. i was like i've never heard anybody tell me how to great, radio. but you legitimate like you sound like uh like someone i would hear on the radio like hot 97 you should or, tell
1: them
0: no uh, 106 and park not 106 and park well 106 yeah. and park 2 no that was used that, to what's, be my
1: dream job breakfast club, breakfast club. you know yeah, what yeah, i mean yeah, like yeah. you
0: have like a very For sure radio voice yeah. uh, when did you discover that like oh i can be in front of the camera as well.
1: I never wanted to be. Okay. I feel like it doesn't matter though. Like it's always been that. Okay. So I studied broadcast in mm-hmm. undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up going to grad school at Syracuse mm-hmm. and I ended up swapping from broadcast to production. Mm-hmm. And so, but whatever we would do projects, they would always make me be on camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I hate that. <laughs> I just want to be behind it. I think, it, I think it's just, I think it's a gift. And I think when things are gifts, it's like, it's what God wants you to do. Yeah. Cause I've yeah. only been preaching for two years.
0: Okay. Okay, so you're at this church. You're super immersed. Yeah, yeah. This is basically your extended family, mm-hmm. spiritual father. Um, and what happens next?
1: All right, so um, yeah, kind of like super immersed, and then I'm I start dating this guy. Mm-hmm. And like a little backstory about him is like we were friends for like ten years. We attended a mm-hmm. another church together, mm-hmm. so we kind of knew each other. And we had mutual friends. We were we were like best friends. We were really close. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we, after our friendship, then we started dating. Um, and he also was really close with our pastors, mm-hmm. like just, cause that's kind of like the younger generation mm-hmm. kind of had a little more access to them. Mm. Um, and so I was on staff and then he was transitioning jobs. Mm-hmm. So he was like temporarily on staff. Okay. Um, and so I, I come across like this message and you know how you see something and you like, I don't know. It's a mm-hmm. little off.
0: Were you like, like going through his phone? No,
1: I literally like, you know how, if you have an iPhone and you put it down and uh-huh. you don't lock it, uh-huh. and you know, it like fades. Uh-huh. It doesn't necessarily like go black sure. right away. Sure. Yeah. And so it was like doing that. And so I seen it uh-huh. and then I was just kind of like, Oh, okay, cool. Uh, a little bit more context is, like, I was leading the young adult ministry. Okay. And I had just called a fast two days before that. Okay. And I'm like, hey, we're going on a 30-day fast. I just feel like we need to press in and just grow in relationship with Jesus. Like, yeah. go after him. Yeah. This is day two of the fast. Okay. <laughs> I see the text. I'm like, hmm. Eh. I'm gonna let it slide.
0: Do you remember what the text said?
1: I do. No, I'm not telling you what it ah, said. Ah, <laughs> okay,
0: okay, but it, but it, but it was, something in that text, just, set, it was just, it was just off. Set off yeah, your spidey senses for sure. Yeah, for
1: sure. And and women, we have that. We mm-hmm. know, we know, even when we don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And so, I see the message. I'm like, ah, something about this isn't right, but. We also tell ourselves like, "Nah, I'm tripping," mm-hmm. and so for three days, like I didn't sleep. Mm. I'm a, I'm a, a visual learner, mm-hmm. so once I see something, it's that's it's there, mm-hmm. and it just kept going, and so I ended up being able to see actual conversations they were having, and it confirmed, you know, like what I thought. This let's say this happens April second, Or mm-hmm. uh, maybe roughly could see their conversations for two weeks. I and and. While this is happening, I'm not, I'm still going to work every day. Mm. I'm still kind of as best as I can mm-hmm. engaging normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be completely honest with you, I actually never anticipated sharing it mm. with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. like, um, I think because I was a leader, because I've I've grown up in mm-hmm. church, I know the weight of something like that. Mm-hmm. I know what it does to people. Mm-hmm. I know what it does to their view of God. Mm-hmm. And I just was. Prepared to carry
0: mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So, how did you end up seeing the rest of the conversation? Did you like, was it like access to a laptop and the iMessages yeah. were
1: synced? I'm, I'm not going to incriminate myself, but okay. I, there are ways, okay. and I, there were ways, and I saw.
0: <laughs> wow. So, you see, you go from seeing a text yeah. to then. And weeks. I
1: never saw the same text I, that, because originally I just wanted to see the first text I saw, mm-hmm. and I never saw that again. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'll, so, it was kind of like oh okay cool and then i'm like well if something is happening like mm-hmm. some i'll see something again mm-hmm. and so then that's kind of how i was like mm-hmm. oh you know like we'll just see what happens and it mm-hmm. just it, it happened It how,
0: how long was it from the first text message to when you saw the 10 days of conversation like two, days. two days and you're and you're still on this fast mm-hmm. so you see this this text message exchange uh we don't know how you saw it but you saw it and <laughs> You and this is between the the gentleman you're in a relationship with for sure and your pastor aka your boss aka your spiritual father yeah. your your mentor yeah. all the above all these things and what do you discover in this 10 day of back and forth
1: yeah just that they're ooh, that they were in a relationship whatever that means here's what I'll say I'll say the way he was communicating with me is the way he was communicating with him Oh, these sound effects.
0: <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. The way he was communicating with you. I'm sorry I'm assuming you're saying like
1: just tone. You know, I mean
0: like you, pet names. You
1: know, you know I'm not giving you no details of what these messages Bae? say. You're not gonna Bae? No, I'm not <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay. You
1: can go ahead and move on. I'm not okay. doing it.
0: So you discover based on the tone and the what like the that 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 ultimately they are in a relate in yeah. relationship. In relationship entanglement something
1: somehow. They are engaging deeper than a normal father-son relationship. I'm going to say that. Because when people say relationship, it's like, oh, they were... I I can't give you those details. I could just say that what I saw, it concluded that this is inappropriate. They're engaging inappropriately, how they should not be engaging.
0: So what do you do?
1: I was devastated. What do I do? I just cope. Mm. (laughs) What What do most of us do when we experience something that is devastating that could also hurt other people? I know I can say for me and I could just say for me as being a black woman is like we try to protect people. Mm. And I, I feel like that part of my life is really weird, but I was making it every day. I I honestly pressed into God. I feel like what I could blame on God. I Mm. was like, Hey, I need you to be able to survive this. Mm. So what did I do? I started internalizing and essentially over the next I don't know, 45 days, I started to die, <laughs> wow. like literally, because I'm still going to work, still wow. serving. I'm still, and we're all at work together. Yeah. So it's like, I know all of these things, but I'm internalizing them because mm. it's like, who do I share it with? My mm. parents were also there. Yeah. My mom was on staff at, at the church. church. My, um, they were both elders at the church. Oh. So it's kind of like anybody I share it with, it's going to affect them.
0: And so, and so, in your mind, are you also kind of like you said you go into protector mode for sure. And so you're like, if I say anything, it,
1: it unravels it everything. Unravels
0: everything. Yeah. And there, wow. I, I was
1: very, very close with their kids. Like their sons are like my brothers. Yeah. And the Uh, the wife who's also a pastor, we were tight. So then I just stopped going over there. I stopped engaging because I don't actually know how to look you in your face. And I know this and tell you this. And I also don't think you're going to believe me. It's just, I feel like there are all these things, which Mm -hmm. I feel like anybody who has experienced any type of situation that's close to this is like, all these things go through your head. Like, are people going to believe me Mm. or what does it mean for me? Like kind of thing. And so it, it just, it felt easier to just deal with it wow and
0: i think sometimes what people don't understand about these sorts of situations is that the impact it has on the other person's community and friend group for sure because this is your family this is your community you can't even look at these folks the same you can't probably do your job the same everything is so rattled yeah but you go on for 45 days for sure and and don't say anything no
1: and i i I know like because i've released a whole podcast about it. and Nobody would probably ever believe me. I never intended to say anything. Mm. I think I got to the point where it, it had started to affect my health
0: because
1: mm. I, I wasn't really eating. I was depressed, but still managing life. It's so crazy. It's like literally the grace of God, <laughs> like mm. for real, for real, because even like once it, it came to the forefront, I remember um, my old pastor saying to me, he's like, you, you knew this for a long time. And he was like, and you never changed. Mm. And he was like, you, you proved to me how real God is. Mm. Because here's the thing, like hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I could have done. Mm-hmm. I ran the media at the church. I ran the email oh. list. I ran the text threads. Like yeah. there are a lot of things I could have did. I think it speaks to maturity. I think it also speaks to my heart for God's people mm-hmm. is like, it wasn't ever about that. I even throughout the entire thing had compassion for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I never was in a space where it was like, I hated them. Mm-hmm. You know, there were moments where I was angry, mm-hmm. but not until I had moved to California and I'm mm-hmm. processing all the things mm-hmm. that happened. And so like, I think, I think, yeah, I, I think in this season, I always say it was like my journey to God's heart. Yeah. Cause I,
0: that's heavy. That's heavy. What do you do after the 45 days?
1: Well, it, it, there's a conversation that's had. Um, so you,
0: you do confront it?
1: I do not confront it. They you confront me. Whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> hold on.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why did they confront you?
1: So because I finally broke up with the guy. Because oh, yeah. here's the thing, like this happened in April. I didn't break up with him until, I don't know, like a month later, mm-hmm. first first weekend in May. Yeah. And so then it's kind of like, hey what's going on what happened Mm -hmm. and so then i they're just like man then they start realizing like you haven't even been to the house like Mm -hmm. what's going on Mm -hmm. like and i'm kind of like oh i'm good like you know Mm -hmm. it is what it is they kind of kept pressing it Mm -hmm. and so i'm at work and they're like calling me into the office Mm -hmm. for a meeting to find Mm -hmm. out like why we broke up Mm -hmm. um and they asked for a conversation and i said well i guess you know we got to do this so i said i'll have a conversation but i don't feel comfortable uh, having it without my parents that's good. And so then they're like, wait, what? <laughs> because they're mm-hmm. like my, they're like my parents mm-hmm. and I've been there for eight years and they're like, you never had to have your parents. I'm like, no, I, I need my parents mm-hmm. just because I need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. need it. And the crazy thing is like, and, I, and you
0: never told anybody in this whole forty. So here's time.
1: the thing, like one person knew, yeah. like, and he kind of had a similar role that I did at the church. Yeah. Um, and he knew because when I first saw the first message, I needed to know that I wasn't like tripping. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, is this, is this this how these things roll? This yep. how this goes? Like, yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then and so, oh I'm so sorry. You're
0: good. No sweat. Hey guys, if you're watching this, uh do us a solid smash the like button. Uh, if you're just tuning in, and you're like, what's going on? Listen, rewind the stream, okay? <laughs> And, and get caught up. You can rewind it probably about five, ten minutes and just watch it back in two speed and then it'll catch you up in terms of what's going on. All right. Let's jump back. Yeah, in. Yeah. And so
1: I, I tell him and then we kind of journey through this together. The guy, the other guy at the church, like in a sense. Hold, of Hold like, on.
0: Hold on. So, so you tell who?
1: The guy, he kind of had a similar position to my... He was...
0: Okay, a co-worker. Co-worker. Got it, got a sure. colleague, co-worker. Yeah, 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 yeah and he okay.
1: he's known them forever, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so...
0: So you just basically needed to know, like, I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah. I need to process like, this. But I'm still trying to protect people. For sure. And because, I knew he would do that. okay And okay. so
1: um, my mom recognizes the change in my behavior because it was much so, like, go sure. to work, maybe eat a Chipotle. Yep. Then I was, like, in the bed. Yep. I was like turned off the world i was probably worshiping yeah. and listening to sermons
0: i mean you were holding on to jesus with for all sure. of you yeah for sure
1: because i'm like if, if it ain't me and you i ain't gonna make it through today mm. and so <clears throat> my mom is like kind of asking what's going on i'm like no nah, i'm not telling you mm-hmm. i'm like if you want to know she asked the lord mm. bro he told her
0: <laughs> hold, what, what, hold on you told your mom i'm not telling you what's going nope. on if you want to know
1: yeah ask the lord
0: ask the lord and she figured it out to the to the detail.
1: The next day, uh-huh. I come in the house. She came home from work early. Uh-huh. I'm like, "You good?" And she looked how I felt.
0: Oh, okay. and I was like,
1: "Are you, are you all right?" And she's like, "She's like, no, nah, I don't, I don't think so." Mm. She said, "I, I had some prayer time. I asked God something, and mm. he said this." Oh my god! And I was like. I said, oh, I'm pretty sure you got it. <laughs> yeah, And so then she shares what it is. And for the very first time, I break down and cry. Oh. Because I finally feel like, ooh, finally. And she just, you know, keeps saying like she's sorry, yeah. you know, yeah, over and over. And so I'm all like, you can't tell my dad.
0: Because <laughs> he's might my lose dad. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, I'm like, nah, bro, you can't. You can't. Yeah. He gonna blow the spot dad up. dad on
0: stuff at the church too?
1: No, but he's an elder, so he's, he's in ministry, elder. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and so my dad's like, I'm like, you can't tell my dad. But she's like, girl, I, I couldn't hold it. It's mm-hmm. But for the most part, it stayed it mm-hmm. stayed that way. Wow. And so that's why I kind of that's felt... That's
0: very honorable. Yeah, yeah. Because I got other questions, but just, just for you to not go and vent to the whole world mm-hmm. about it, not to say that there aren't times where people need to be exposed, but to have that restraint processed privately yeah. in prayer, that's very mature of you. Mm-hmm. Wow. So... I'm sorry. Go on. No,
1: no, you are cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we ended up having a meeting. Um, and they were kind of like very confused because I'm asking my like my parents are there. They're like, well, we don't know if they could come. I call my parents. They were just sitting down for breakfast. My mom's like, oh, we'll be there in 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so um, they kind of they come. I just basically put it on the table, like, hey, I saw this, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this string of messages, and I I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do with this. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I can't work here no more because mm. by this point, and I use the language like this is killing me because mm-hmm. it was yeah. like my I was like having breakouts. I was losing weight mm-hmm. like pictures. I just it was bad. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, no, I cannot do this. And yeah. so we have like this talk, you know, there's like, no, it's not that I could explain. And I'm just like, no, I'm good on that. Mm-hmm. So they start having a conversation with my parents. I'm like taking my keys off the ring because I'm mm-hmm. like, really, this is I'm done with mm-hmm. this. And so. It kind of just transitions from there to like all of these back and forth conversations. That day, though, um, they gave me like time off for a month. Sure. And
0: so they never owned it?
1: Not in the... My ex did, for sure. Okay.
0: For so sure. So at least he owned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it... Were they gaslighting you? Were they like, oh, no, it's not what you think it is. You didn't see what you think you saw? The guy
1: I was dating never did that to me. Okay. Never. Okay. Uh, others did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like in terms of
0: in terms of the pastor and stuff. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: Like with me, no. But yeah. when there were other people, for yeah. sure. Like
0: so, so, so it's almost almost like privately they're like, ah, like we're caught. Yeah, yeah. We we're not gonna act like we're not caught. Yeah, yeah. But with uh, within other people, as this is starting to get out, they're yeah, still yeah. kind of downplaying it. Yeah, like for she sure. didn't really get it. She misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. <sighs>
1: okay. Yeah, because even even when my podcast came out, I was like, no, nah, this isn't true. And I was just like but again too like we all have our perception of things mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like I just I know I know what it did to me mm-hmm. that's that's it I can only tell my story
0: yeah yeah is it possible that well okay for, first of all well let's go back so the guy you were seeing in terms of him owning it what did that sound like he just flat out was like yeah no, like no, this no, is no, what no, it no, is no, or no no, no 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 Yeah.
1: so I, I left for a month uh-huh. Um, they're like you can have 30 days so I took 30 days I went to International House of Prayer in Kansas. Mm -hmm. I drove there and stayed there for like seven days. Like, Lord, I just, I need to pour out. And then I ended up coming at, like going to LA and Mm -hmm. just, and I got to tell this part of the story because I was really in a space where I just, I just didn't know, like, Mm. this is my, to your point, this is my job, this is my community, this Mm. is my life. Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't understand why this was happening to me. Yeah, I just did not understand it. And I remember visiting uh, one LA and I literally tell Pastor Teredus all the time, like, he preached a message that saved my life. Mm. Because I'm pretty sure I probably would have gave up on life after that. Because I just, it just was hard. Mm -hmm. It just, I feel like my world was shattered. Mm -hmm. And so he preached a message, which is also the title of my first episode of my podcast called when everything changed. Mm -hmm. And he's like over and over again, he's trying to read the scripture and he keeps saying it had to happen. Mm -hmm. It had to happen. It had to happen. I was like, I never cried so much Mm -hmm. in a church service, Mm -hmm. but I felt like God was using him to speak to me. Like this had to happen Mm -hmm. because if not, you never become the person that you are, you know? And I can say that five years later, like I'm grateful for that situation. I'm grateful for it. it. It probably was one of the most worst things I've ever experienced in yeah. life, but I'm grateful for it. But
0: Wow. So, you take your 30
1: days. Yep. And then I go back.
0: And then you go back.
1: I go back. Okay. I go back. I never go back to work there. Okay. So, I come back. I leave like May, yeah. Mother's Day, and come back June 10th. Okay. I never work there, but I continue to serve.
0: You continue to yeah. serve? Yeah,
1: because God didn't release me. Oh. Yep. So I, I knew I couldn't be on staff and and part of that was just my own conviction. Like I'm, I'm the media person. It's my job to communicate the vision of the church. I don't really know what's happening with that. I just didn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. And so I I felt the okay to say like, no, I'm good on the job here. Um, and I just continue to serve. So I was still leading all the ministries, Uh um, young adults, creative production. Like I was still doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, and this was June, and I didn't leave. I moved away to LA August twenty eighth. Okay, I just, so it wasn't like you. Were it there. wasn't for yeah, no, no, yeah. no. You no, were there just for a little bit, trying to for sure. Sunset yeah, your rules, yeah, and also like protect protect the house. Yeah. Something like that, just hitting just doesn't it doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for the most part, we were we. We had an understanding of, like, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. There were apologies given, like, mm-hmm. ultimately, and we were, like, pursuing moving forward. I don't really know what that looked like at mm-hmm. the time, but mm-hmm. I was open to it. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of, like, what happened. And yeah. then I move. Yeah. And then two years later, I drop a podcast. Uh, because I, even when I left, yeah. nobody—people still didn't know. Uh-huh. You know, like— So it's kind of like, oh, Brenda is leaving, moving to LA, like following dreams, whatever. And then it was just kind of, it was that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we're going to go to your questions in a moment. I got more (laughs) questions. Okay. We we might get into some reactions. So if you're here, we'll prioritize the super chats. You could just drop the capital questions and then we'll get to some of them. I'll mark some of them. So just bear with us. So, So you moved to LA two years later. Well, first of all, how did you not let this completely? harden your heart towards the local church i because i could understand kind of being in the middle of it and kind of having like blinders on and maybe a little bit of uh, what is that called stockholm syndrome where Uh you're like you're you know you're you don't you want to protect your abusers you know i could understand that but when you're now removed from it Mm -hmm. how do you not let it completely harden you to to the idea of the bride of christ and the local church and serving and all that stuff
1: i think it's i think that is solely because i have a relationship with jesus Mm. Apart from the church. That's good. And I. that's why I'm I'm always pushing that. Like, mm-hmm. you need to know who Jesus is for yourself. Come on. Because if I only knew Jesus through my pastor, I would mm-hmm. be tore off. Mm-hmm. I'll be tore off. Mm-hmm. But I know the character of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I know this is not the character of God. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to blame him for my pastor's humanity. Sure. I, I also... I feel like that is what I stuck to. Now, was I disappointed with God? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And did I have to process that? Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a chance to process it until I moved away mm. because I felt like so much of my journey consisted of me trying to, like, make sure everybody, like, the people that didn't know, it's like my parents mm-hmm. and the other guy who also was married. So then his wife knows. But it's kind of like also pastoring through that and saying, hey, guys, he's, we have them honor him. I, like that's something I hold in my heart. It's like he is still a pastor, fail or not fail. We all make mistakes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I on the other side of this that mm-hmm. I'm good, mm. and so making sure that my heart stay pure as mm. much as possible. Um, and it's weird. I feel like I only can say it was God because I don't. I never had this like. Anger towards him I can't The other guy did He mm-hmm. was angry mm,
0: The guy but, the, your, your colleague Yeah Got He it. was
1: He was very angry it Took him a while To process that yeah. I just never felt that I felt bad for them I yeah. felt like Man There's something On the inside of you That you haven't dealt with That's causing this And not even considering The amount of people
0: mm. how, so, big, how big was this church?
1: Um, Let's roughly say Like 1500 people Okay so this is almost
0: a, I mean it's practically A mega church Yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Like you know so,
0: yeah. So two years later, two years you, later, you get into the media space. Yeah, you drop your first podcast which, episode,
1: which I didn't want to do,
0: and you <laughs> and you share this story. I share this story. And did you hear any feedback? Any folks from the church? Oh, yeah, tapping yeah. in. Like, no, what, it, what was it the changed reaction? My life
1: completely. Okay. It it um yeah, it, which is crazy because I knew that would happen. I feel like, cause I I was like, oh, I'm gonna start a podcast. I was just thinking it's gonna be this little rinky dink thing, mm-hmm. and then God's like, no, it's time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm it's time for what? Cause mm-hmm. we are taking this to the grave. <laughs> like, <laughs> we ain't never talking about this. Because if I'm completely honest, I also carried a little bit of shame. Oh, of course, yeah. Around it, and so then there's like talking about it, and then then you meet people, and it's like, bro, I don't need you feel sorry for me? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying, I just, ugh, I just didn't want that, mm-hmm. and I just remember, and then I, and then it was people i didn't want people to feel like i was on this vendetta mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying i'm like come on y'all it's been two years mm-hmm. like and that it just it wasn't that and so mm-hmm. then it was like i don't want people to misinterpret my heart yeah. and i went through all these things and i just remember god asking me like do you care more about what people think of you than you do of what i'm asking you to do yeah and so that that's was that's it
0: that's a great question wow okay and you never heard anything from them specifically when the pod came out or like them backpedaling or anything like that?
1: No. I Well, I heard a lot of things because I still had friends that attended the sure, church. Sure. Well, I had some friends. Then I dropped the podcast and I lost some friends. You lost some friends. <laughs> were well, there
0: any folks that heard the podcast about like, deuces, I'm out. Yeah, like, yeah. this is crazy that y'all did you this. You would
1: think that, but I think a lot of people, I think we have a misconception of honor
0: mm. in church. Mm.
1: And there is this idea that even though it happened, or even though you felt that way, you should cover the man of God, and I ain't never read that. <laughs> I ain't, that ain't in my Bible. I ain't never read that in the Bible, <laughs> um, and I don't oh. know. And and so then it was kind of like people were holding me to this standard that they weren't even holding their leader to. Mm. And so then it was it was it it was a lot. Like you see, that's my first episode. By the time I get to episode four, I'm literally crying on the podcast. Mm. It's called like I need a moment, yeah, because I needed a moment. I yeah. needed. I knew that it, crazy thing is the day before the podcast released, their oldest son just randomly text me out of mm, the blue, just wow. like, "Hey, big sis, just checking on you." And that that almost stopped me from from releasing it yeah. because I knew after this moment I would never talk to them again. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: yeah. So That's that hard. it is. It's 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 a really like all right. It's a really take up your cross and follow me kind of thing. Cause even going back to Chicago for a long time was really hard. Mm. Cause it would just remind me of the pain. It would remind me of all the things I lost. It just it hurt. Cause yeah. it's I I drew a line in the sand. Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you drew that line for sure. I think that's great. So we're gonna get to some of these questions here in a second, and we'll right. do some lighter content. Um, is there the tension of it having? And shout out to Tim Ross in the house. He just dropped uh, the gym.
1: Tim is my bro. Yeah, shout out to Tim. <laughs> he
0: said in the he said you can honor and be honest. For sure. Which which that's where my brain goes to. Was there ever a part of you that if someone's disqualified themselves from ministry, which I would say, I mean, you can't go any further than yeah. this sort of relationship? Right. Like forget the adultery aspect. Then you're talking about this sort of Mm -hmm. whatever it was, whether it was physical, emotional. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't need to know. But if that doesn't disqualify or at least, hey, you need to go take a break. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what does. Right. And so was there ever a part of you like for the sake of the community there? Like, maybe this does need to be exposed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: And I I mean, that's why I had a conversation. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I think there are so many things I was processing, and mm-hmm. I think it's true. I think one of the things about non-denominational churches mm-hmm. is that there isn't, like, this up-level of, accountability. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes they have like spiritual coverings and mm-hmm. spiritual fathers, but then if they're in another state, how, how much is that? How much does that weigh into the decision-making? Cause yeah. even my colleague and I were saying, like having conversations, like who could we tell?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Like
1: I'm on staff, like who, who could I go to and say, right. Hey, this is happening. I don't really know what to do, but somebody should do something. Yeah. And yeah. So I think in our case that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. There isn't anybody to say, go sit down Mm -hmm. um and i think that's because my to be completely honest with you my parents didn't leave that church right away they stayed um but because there was never a a let me sit down for a little bit Mm. let me get my heart together let me deal Mm. with this kind of moment like an authentic one i think they just it just became a too much
0: did the wife know did the pastor's wife know before it just in general.
1: No, I don't. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. Until, but in that initial meeting, she was there. I think one thing I would have done differently was allow the guy I was dating to be in that meeting too. I think it. Oh, okay, he he was not nope, in that. Got he was it. not in that meeting. Okay, okay. And so I think that would have. Yeah. That would have changed things. I yeah. think a bit.
0: I think uh the tough part when you hear stuff like this is like it's possible that this was like a one off. Outlier of a situation, yeah. but usually where there's smoke, there's fire. This mm-hmm. was probably a pattern he had over the course of years, if not decades, of these weird, inappropriate type of interactions. You know, that's just like, ugh, I just, you know, I, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know how to, how to respond to that.
1: I don't, I don't have no thoughts. Yeah, <laughs>
0: let's go to some of these questions. We're gonna All go right. to some of these questions. All right, so, um, Ashley said, "Do you think it's fair to the other church members that their pastor could be falling in sin, or did you just wait for God to handle it?"
1: Um. Yeah, I think I. To be honest with you, I ain't never experienced nothing like this. Yeah. So I. Because think you're it,
0: processing in real time. At, yeah. In real
1: time, yeah. I'm. I'm thinking about people who are on their last leg with God. Mm and what does this do to them mm-hmm. and and my i feel like my heart was like how can i handle this best yeah. Yeah. where it doesn't where it's not emotional cuz yeah. cuz we can you know
0: yeah no i th- i think i think that's the part that if we're being honest as much as we, we when we hear this we want justice we want like mm-hmm. we naturally get angry yeah which anger is my therapist has told me is because you feel like there was an injustice that occurred, sure. at the root of anchor there's yeah. some sort of injustice that occurred so when people are hearing this they're like yo i'm, I'm angry hearing it with mm-hmm. you there has to be justice yeah but i think what we're forgetting is that you're also processing this in real time for sure so i'm thinking like where are the elders where's the accountability who do you go to how could yeah. the system be set up this way but probably forgetting that like but you this, this is your life yeah yeah
1: it's, it's like <laughs> this happening is your to life. Me in real time <laughs> yeah for sure and i think too what we have to consider is like sometimes our form of justice it doesn't align with god's justice mm. and the reality is bro god could do way more than i could ever mm-hmm. and i feel like i i in my mind i was thinking about the church I, I was also being communicated that there are some steps being taken and there are some things oh. i needed you know what i'm saying like okay. so i can only take what I'm being told, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then I think too like people can say they want to know the truth, then they get the truth and they don't make decisions.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 No, that's good. Okay, let's look at some of these other questions. Uh Brenda, what are promises of God that you held onto? Oof, uh That's a great question. It
1: is. Uh Romans 8:28. Mm. Uh that all things work together for the good of those who believe and are called according to the purpose of God, like bro, that I actually moved to LA on August twenty eighth. It was like eight twenty eight. It was like oh wow. And then to, oh,
0: is, that, is that on purpose or just happens?
1: I didn't. I didn't pay attention to it. For a
0: trip. <laughs> but that was
1: the promise that God gave me. Yeah. I honestly, I just picked a day. I'm like, if I don't pick a date and buy a ticket, I won't leave. Mm. And definitely that. And then also that God's near to the brokenhearted because mm. my heart was broken. It was mm. shattered on so many different levels. Um, and and those two things. Yeah. Held me together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, This is a good question. Do you think more churches should have not necessarily a disciplinary committee, but a core small group of people that hold leadership accountable separate from the pastor?
1: For sure. I think there needs to be, I think for the safety of people who are like experiencing, even just, we could say abuse. Mm -hmm. Like what is, where is the accountability? Where does it exist? I know there are some churches who do it very well. The church I was with for, for the last two years um, is a Free Methodist church okay. and they have systems that include clergy and lay. Mm. So it is, and that is how the entire system is set up. Every decision that is made has to have buy-in from both mm. the congregation and the clergy people. Mm-hmm, and mm. I think that is the most amazing structure because too much of either is sure. a disaster.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, for sure. I think that needs to exist. And I also think that people who accept the call should have the fear of the Lord.
0: I mean, that's... You know what? And that's the... He didn't step down and there was no real discipline. To me, that's scarier. It is. Because like God's going to deal with him. For sure. Right? Like we see in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 5... There's some among you that are being sexually immoral, the type that the pagans won't even, you know, talk about. A man's taking his father's wife and yeah. this whole thing, and then Paul's like, "Hand him over to Satan, mm-hmm. you know, so that like his soul could be won back over." Yeah. And and so that that that's this this the spooky part is that God's gonna deal with him, yeah. you know, and that's if he doesn't repent or fix it, like it's it's probably gonna be worse that way. It is, you know.
1: I pray for the mercy of God though all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're 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 better Christian than I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're yeah. a better Christian than
0: I am. uh Did this situation have an impact on how you approach future relationships?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, were there any signs that the the guy you were dating with could have struggled with this area?
1: Um, yeah, and there was like some. I knew, I knew things. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like I was aware of some things. Okay. Um, Did I ever think it would play out like this? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, And it did. It affected relationships in general, not just romantic ones, like Mm. platonic ones. I remember uh, moving to L.A. and I just actually didn't want to make any new friends. Mm. I never wanted to experience that level of pain ever again in my life. So it was just like, no, I'm good on meeting people. I would go to church. I would sit on the front row because there was a door by the front row. And I would just, amen. As soon as they close, I'm out the door. Yeah. And so I just... I was very closed off mm-hmm. as outspoken as I have returned to become. I was inside of myself. Yeah. I was just, I was, I loved to dress. I wasn't dressing. I just was existing in life. I would go to things because LA, you kind of got to be mixy if you want to make sure. it. And I would go to things. I was sitting in the corner of my phone. I just had no, I didn't want to engage. Yeah. Because I just, I never wanted to give anybody else an opportunity to hurt me that way.
0: Wow did it keep you out of it doesn't sound like it kept you out of ministry right you you're doing ministry again yeah you're, i you're am in, now but in, a in a the beginning church. i just was yeah. i was
1: like nah i'm good on this yeah
0: <laughs> what boundaries and or warning signs like how would you how would you advise someone to avoid being in a similar situation would it be the like hey pay attention to the church structure you're going to go to or like is there any like red flags that you could say in hindsight so that people could avoid. Obviously, this is a very like dramatic yeah, situation. I'm like, that's I hope uncommon. this ain't just happening yeah. on a regular. <laughs> but, but 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 I bet you it's happening more for sure, often. For sure, for yeah. sure. I
1: learned that after yeah. the podcast, I was getting so many DMs. Yeah, like a hey, I experienced this. I experienced this, and they were some of them were still in those situations. Mm. I think. Um, I think my first advice is like bro no jesus for yourself Come on, because i think that is the that is what protected me because yeah. I, I don't think i could have saw the signs like i mean and or even if i did what would i have known to sure. do with them sure. i think the biggest thing is like in this instance is like well i could just go to another church uh-huh. but when you've like given like i was there for eight years yeah. i think i still haven't found a church that was as impactful as that one mm. was you know and so i think that is the biggest thing. That's the best advice I can give you is like know Jesus apart from any uh, religious structure or yeah. like system that is created because it's going to always fail you in one way or another. Yep, yep. But Jesus doesn't. Come on. He is the same. That's good. <laughs> and so that is something that I can hold on to is like, all right, I, at least I know Jesus for myself. And that that will help you see the signs because you'll be so aware of who Jesus is when mm. you go into a place and he ain't there. You'd be like, oh, I got to get out of here because this good. is not God.
0: That's good. That's good. Uh what and how did you pray during this time? Curious to know how your prayer looked during this time. Meaning, what kind of stuff were you praying?
1: Lord, help me. Mm. <laughs> no, like for real for real like it it seems over dramatic. I even go back and like look at some of my journals. A lot of my questions was like why is this happening? Yeah. Like and then it and then it would like transition to like, okay, God, I really am going to check out of here if mm. I don't have I, I either would have I don't think in that moment I was ready to like lose life but I probably would have lo- like just snapped. Mm. I felt it cuz it was just building up and I was getting so angry mm. and it was just cuz then it's like it's like this thing we say now you, they were playing in my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying essentially having these conversations some of the conversations I saw were about me. No. Oh. Yes cuz cuz he was they were he was also like mentoring him and yeah. our our relationship. Yeah. So then it's kinda like a lot of it was like, God, if If I don't go with you, Mm -hmm. I'm really not gonna make it. Mm. And so a lot of my prayers are like, okay, I'm waking up in the morning. It's like, all right, God, it's me and you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like too, like reading stories where I was, I read a lot of David and Saul.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know
1: what I'm saying? Because I needed that, and I needed, I needed to be able to go. Like I could have killed you.
0: Yeah, yeah. David is that is the way he dealt with Saul. It's such a fascinating it is. <laughs> story because having the op- option and the opportunity to get its get back multiple times and, Mom, like, and
1: he's nope. like, nope. nope.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Sean just sent a super chat. Thank you so much, brother. He said, uh, she said, hurt people, hurt people. That was a gem. How do we point non-Christians toward church when they have a negative view towards religion based on these situations that are all too common? <clears throat> That's a great question. It is a great question. I'm gonna let you tackle that one. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing for you.
1: <laughs> no, I think like I, I, feel like y'all gonna be like, Danis Gurkey's saying the same thing over and over again. I think for me, I ne- I'm never pointing nobody to church. Mm. I'm just pointing them to Jesus. Come on, because I, I think that like, and, and I have a lot of thoughts about systems of church right now. Sure. Sure. <laughs> this is really what God meant in the Bible. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think. What we could do if we have access to non-believers in our lives mm-hmm. is to live out the version of Jesus we understand in our day-to-day lives and not let the mishaps of church be louder as a representation of Jesus as our everyday lives. Yeah, Because, again, a church is full of human beings yep. who are imperfect yep. people. Yeah. Yeah. We only serve a perfect God. So I think pushing non-believers to who our perfect God is and not like quoting scriptures but just living your life according to them like being the scripture yeah and I think that's the best way which is I sharing a story like this and saying "Hey, in spite of what these people did by the grace of God I was able to still forgive them
0: yeah yeah that's good I did you go to therapy yes how was that
1: (sighs) the first round was rough (laughs) I did I did one in in where I lived and it was bad because I was like, I don't think you're a relationship counselor. I don't think you're a therapist because I feel very much like you gutted me and then left me here to dry. Mm. Um, my second uh, my second therapist was great. Um, she also specialized in rejection. Mm. And so she helped me process things mm-hmm. because there are, there are other parts to this story in a sense of like the guy I was dating was my friend. Mm-hmm. And so... Even in this, like in him talking, he's like apologizing. He's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be this person. Like, I want to journey through this. I even offered to journey through it with him. Mm. But then when I removed myself from the equation, in a sense of like, I'm not journeying through this with you Mm -hmm. so we could get back together. This Mm -hmm. is just like, cause I care about you. Wow. And so we ended up having to like separate. I had to walk away from it Mm -hmm. because he, he kind of refused to separate too. In a sense of like, he didn't leave that church until my podcast came out.
0: Oh wow! Okay, okay.
1: And so the crazy thing is like, he and I had a conversation the end like December of twenty twenty one, and that was our first time talking. Mm. And it was probably the most like healing conversation mm. ever. It was like exactly what we both needed. Mm. And he literally like shares like, I hate it when you drop that podcast. <laughs> and then I'm like, and then he's like, but I had to leave after that. Yeah. I said, I believe God did that for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because you
1: needed to get out of there a long yep. time ago. <laughs> yep. But the fact that you chose to stay, yeah, I was like, God's still after you.
0: What was the age difference between the pastor and your boyfriend? Are we talking like five years or are we talking like decades?
1: No, no, no. Not decades. Because five years ago he he was 30 mm-hmm. the guy was dating was 30 mm-hmm. and the pastor was in his 40s
0: okay i mean that's a decade oh yeah it is not to mention the the <laughs> the dominance hierarchy for sure like the, the the disproportion of power absolutely and i and i say this not to make your boyfriend a, a victim no no no. but there's a was. certain degree he no he where was where there's a power imbalance for in sure. that situation so if he knows this is something he struggled with for before sure. and then there's these weird and you he's know also I mean?
1: and he's also getting a family he was getting a family out of it mm, you know what i'm saying yeah. in a sense of like in the this, the parts that we didn't see is like this is my family mm-hmm. and so like for sure we we had a really great conversation he's actually i feel like if i say that it's gonna do too much yeah let's, yeah, not, yeah. let's protect
0: <laughs> let's protect you know protect yeah yeah identity. for sure for
1: sure no i, I really want to do that um but you know we we had a good conversation yeah and and we landed on a good space
0: yeah that's 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 awesome um my therapist told me this and i want I want to hear what you think about this he said something really interesting to me He let me mark some of these questions too before I forget. And 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 it was hard for me to process this, but he said, he said, love isn't just one directional. Mm -hmm. Love also has the opposite of love and sometimes a righteous hatred towards things that are opposite of love. So if you love women, you hate the abuse of women for sure if you love babies you hate the termination of babies absolutely and that oftentimes if we just lead with love it's a it's an incomplete picture of love because love also has a component of hating the opposite of what it is you say you love would you agree with that in terms of in hindsight and and like i loved these people but i hated what they did
1: um for sure yeah um but I think, uh, yes, to answer that, to answer your question, a hundred percent. I love these people, um, hated what they did, but because I love these people, there is this level of empathy. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't know where it came from. It has to be the Lord yeah. um, that I had for them, in a sense of like, like. I always say this thing like, there is, people don't hurt you from a place of wholeness. Mm. It's their brokenness.
0: Yeah, you said that at the yeah, panel. Yeah, at the panel. Yeah, yeah. And it
1: is that helps me process forgiveness mm. because I recognize that there is, like, I really l- learned how to see them the way that God does. Mm. And so, God doesn't see us for our mistakes and our shortcomings. There's a version he created us Mm -hmm. as, and because of Jesus, he can see us that way. Mm -hmm. And so there is like this level of empathy that like, man, your brokenness is now controlling your life.
0: Mm. So
1: much so that you're not even considering what you're doing to people. And I think for me, it was like, I didn't really start to get really angry when it was like, you trying to hold me to this Mm Think about the people thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, did you think about the people? <laughs> and yeah, you putting yeah, that weight yeah, on me yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And so then it was kind of like, I am thinking about the people. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm still here. But yeah. And so there's, there is that. Like, there's also the human side. How would it be? I mean, in therapy, I dealt with a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, I, L.A. is a tough place to survive. Mm-hmm. And every time I would think about it, like every time I would go on a job interview and never hear back, I would go through this thing like I was angry. I didn't Mm. understand why I had to start my life over completely. And everybody else is just Mm. still moving on like Mm -hmm. nothing happened. Mm -hmm. I I was super angry. I was disappointed with God. Still trying to believe for stuff and not dealing with the fact that I just felt like my life would fall apart. Yeah. Because I felt like, you know how you hold a box and then the bottom drops out and you like
0: everything fell out. That's
1: kind of how it was. and It was hard to not view everything being like that.
0: Yeah. I think what was refreshing about hearing your story and then your heart for the local church was that sometimes we'll, we'll sometimes we'll internalize things as church trauma. Yeah, yeah. That was just really accountability
1: for sure. <laughs> for sure. You like you just want to do what you want to do. You just want to do what you want to do. <laughs> you supposed
0: to sleep with girls. You yeah. want to do it. You want to do your thing, and then someone holds you accountable to it. Yeah, you like oh, they hurt my this church trauma. It's like, no. They're trying to
1: control me. <laughs> that's not it. That's
0: that's you being in your flesh. For sure. Not wanting any accountability. Yeah. Where when I heard your story, I uh, obviously I have this stuff from my childhood, but mm-hmm. that's so far removed yeah. that it put into proper context whatever little issues I have had over the years of church. And I think that's that's, sometimes people need to hear like an actual story like mm-hmm. that to be like, you know what? My pastor uh,
1: sat me down.
0: My pastor sat me down. (laughs) Or, like, my pastor didn't return my phone call. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like, I I didn't feel very welcomed and loved Mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning. He didn't take me out to coffee. Like, that's not it. That's not what we're talking about. You're talking about actual power dynamics Mm -hmm. in a system that unfortunately allowed this sort of stuff to fall through the cracks without disciplinary action for the sake of protecting the flock but also to to restore and protect this person because who knows if they was if there was elder board systems that he would have established 10 15 years ago this may have gotten nipped in the bud earlier on and so it's like it's it becomes this massive issue that's not just one Mm
1: -hmm.
0: problem to solve it it's 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 hard it's hard to process so that's what i appreciate about about that is like man i think this adds so much healthy context to people when they think about actual church trauma yeah. and deconstruction and this and that. It's like when we talk about deconstruction, people are deconstructing for not reasons like yours, mm-hmm. but for historical worldwide Christian values and virtues yeah. and ethics that aren't just Western patriarchy, white supremacy. No, no, no. The Ethiopian church believes these same things. The Coptic yeah. church believes the same things. The Armenian church, the church in India believes <laughs> we they, All of... The church is unified on a couple core central doctrines and a couple things that are like, nope, can't do this. Yeah. Can't sleep with your girlfriend, right? Specific things. So when I hear people, you know, deconstructing for sometimes what it seems like, I don't say petty reasons, but like, yeah this is what it is. Like, yeah, this is yeah. what Christianity is. This sure. is how God designed things. I'm sorry you don't like it. Yeah. But it is what it is. That's not that's not the same as what you went through. Mm-mm. I don't know, even know if you want to add anything to that. But I think there's yeah. there's a lot there in people's perspective on this stuff. No,
1: for sure. Like, and I think that's how we kind of got here because somebody asked, like, how do, how have you deconstructed yeah. and reconstructed your faith after church hurt? And yeah. I'm all like, I don't think I ever deconstructed my faith because my faith is not rooted in a man. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, but Jesus. And so I think like I think too to go back to your earlier question about like loving one thing and hating the other. Mm-hmm. I think I do feel that, which is why I have dedicated my life to teaching people that the most important thing is relationship with Jesus. Come on. Because I do have a hatred for systems that are built up yeah. focused on man. Yeah. Because that harms more people. Yeah. Because you, there's no way you can uphold a perfect lifestyle. Yeah. So at some point, you're going to drop the ball somewhere yep. and somebody's going to blame Jesus for yeah. it. Yeah. Because you never taught them that although I'm prophesying to you, this yeah. came from God. Yeah. And although I'm reading this word from you, there isn't a relationship that you can have with Him. Mm. And so I think it did. I think that entire situation says, man, God, people, everybody ain't going to be able to walk this the way Brenda walked this. So I also have created spaces for people that says, hey, I get that you ain't rocking with church right now, but I want you to still be rocking with Jesus. And so it even it changed the way I led. So I I led a team of creatives um, at the last church. I was at 12 of them. Mm -hmm. And I am very aware that when you serve in those capacities in a church, you oftentimes don't get Jesus Mm -hmm. because you're creating spaces for people to get it. So I would have conversations with my team like, I'm pretty sure nobody's going to agree with this. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have it today and you need to go get the word, Mm -hmm. you can text me and say, Brenda, I can't make it today. I need to go to this church. Mm. And I, I did, I took them to a conference. I made the the church pay for it. And it was a presence people conference. It yeah. was just a conference that they could cry. They yeah. could they could experience the presence of God. Yeah. No, I don't want them to learn how to work a camera. I want sure. them to encounter Jesus. Because if you ever walk away from this job, I don't want you to also walk away from Jesus. And so I've learned to, no matter where I am, to create a space where, hey, this, don't ever know my name. Don't ever quote anything I said. Did you meet Jesus? That's good. Did you want to have a deeper relationship yeah. with him? And so yeah. I think it did. It ignited this thing in me to say, Church is gonna be trash sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so so are people who leave the churches. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of it, go find another church and be like, all right, Jesus, where are we going now? Cause this ain't it. This yeah. don't got and also people are being deceived in this time. Yeah. You know why? Because nobody really knows Jesus apart from the systems and structures that have been created. Yeah. And so I think that's what it's done for me is like create a space for like, all right. Let's, I don't care. We can pop up at a coffee house and this is what it looks like to encounter Jesus. And yeah. not just for this moment so we can say, ooh, the fire really fell, yeah. but that you feel so compelled to like, hey, I want to go read my Bible and know the Jesus that she knows That's or good. that he knows. That's
0: good. Come on. I um, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about this idea of um, like your brand or whatever. I, I hate those. I had all those yeah. words. <laughs> but he asked, he asked me, he said, sometimes when you're building something you got to know what the enemy is to said thing mm-hmm. and he's like so so who's your enemy not and not in a literal sense like what demographic yeah. of people but who's your enemy and i and i remember like really marinating on that and i and i was like my enemy is faithlessness mm-hmm. or or unfaithfulness yeah like when when people are operating their life without faith because of hurt because of how mm-hmm. they perceive other people or when they're actually being unfaithful yeah. in their lives mm-hmm. like that is the thing that like i'm just angry about mm-hmm. and channeling that into creating the opposite of that for like sure. channeling that into creating more faithful people mm-hmm. that live their life based on faith in jesus
1: yeah
0: but knowing what that anti thing is mm-hmm. you know and it sounds like you have a good grasp of that oh
1: yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> you guys
0: if you enjoyed this video partner with us in our online community And to get access to our private Discord, access to our podcast before they go public, and so much more for as little as $5 a month. Keep us independent, staying away from brand deals, and ever, ever have to make a goofy commercial. Like these. Our friends at Genu Skincare have exciting news to
1: celebrate in 2023. Using the manscaped during my showers after workout has given me much more confidence. And that's where mud water comes in. True Classic has got your pack. All thanks to
0: the sponsor of today's video, SameMind.com. Established titles is your opportunity to earn the title of Laird or Lady. Objective credit approval rates range from 7.99% APR to 19.99% APR, including 0.50% auto-pay discount. If you don't want us to make ads with brands you don't care about, sign up for our online. Online community for as little as five dollars a month to keep us independent and ultimately answering to you as our boss. You get all sorts of benefits like daily replays of our after-party streams, exclusive access to our Discord community, and early access to our podcast interviews. All starting for only five dollars a month.
1: Kingstream
0: Entertainment.